please be aware that the comments, views, opinions shared on this podcast are not meant to diagnose a medical problem and or legal problem. If you do have a medical problem or legal problem, kindly contact a professional. Welcome to An Apple A Day, a podcast, a resource, a community. Share your experiences and learn from others as we overcome barriers and learn to live a happy, healthy life with a disability. Welcome to the community. Here's your host, Jimmy Apple. Welcome to An Apple A Day. An Apple A Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. I'm your host, Jimmy Apple. How you doing today? You feeling better? Feeling worse? Feeling good? Feeling bad? Taking your medication? Doing what the doctor says? That's the best you can do. You're responsible for your health, not anybody else. We have a good one today. We're going to talk about several subjects. We're going to be talking about doing what the doctor tells you to do. Very important. You can't blame them if you don't do what you're supposed to. We're also going to talk about not lying to the doctor. Very important. We're also going to talk about not telling family and friends constantly about your diagnosis and how you're feeling and what's going to happen in the future if you you don't do this and if this doesn't work out. We're going to discuss all of that. And now this is very important. If you have a lawsuit and you hire a lawyer and the lawyer says, you don't have to pay me unless we win, there's several things you have to find out from him right off the bat. If not, you could be in for a world of hurt and big money loss. So let's get started. You have a problem. You're walking down the street and you trip. And when you trip, you fall forward. Now, what's the first thing you do when you're going to fall forward? You put your arms out to protect yourself. And by doing so, you rip the ligaments in your wrist and in your elbow and in your shoulder. You also tore the ligaments in your ankle. Now, you go to the doctor, you're in extreme pain. The doctor gives you maybe a pain shot, and then he prescribes some medication. He wraps your arm up in ace bandages. You don't want a hard cast on there. And he tells you, you have to keep it in a sling. And when you're sitting around watching TV or whatever, you have to keep it elevated so that it'll bring the swelling down. So you go home, you get the medication. It's an anti-inflammatory. Now, an anti-inflammatory, that's going to help remove the swelling. You're not going to feel effects from it. It's not a painkiller. But you take it a couple of times and you say, "Ah, I'm not feeling anything from that. If I miss it, I miss it. And then all of a sudden, you've missed them all. And then you're sitting down watching TV, and someone tells you, don't forget, the doctor told you to keep your arm up. And you put it up for a second, and you say, ah, I feel like an idiot. What am I, waving to the TV? I don't need to do this. It's not doing anything for me. So you put it down. And you're going out, and your wife or your husband says, here, take the sling. Put your, I'm not going out in, in a sling. What am I, an invalid? Well, yeah, actually, you are. <laughs> actually, you are. You, you got hurt, and this is what you have to do to get better. But you don't do any of it. And then you find out it got worse. Now you're probably going to have to operate. And then now you're mad. You're mad because why didn't the doctor catch this in the beginning? Well, it wasn't there in the beginning. He told you what to do to try and avoid this, but you didn't. So now you want to sue the doctor. How are you going to sue the doctor? He told you what to do. You got to remember, you are ultimately responsible for your health. The doctor can only suggest things. He can't come to your house and make you raise your arm. He can't come to your house and feed you a pill each time it's due. If you don't do it, and you don't do what he's telling you to physically, then how do you expect to get better? So now, because you didn't do what you're supposed to do, here you are, you're looking at surgery. Do you really want to go for surgery? But you've done it. The same thing, the doctor tells you medication. Take medication, like especially pain. 
painkillers or narcotics. You have to follow those right to the letter. He tells you to take the painkillers two in the morning before breakfast and two at night before you go to bed. Now you get up in the morning, you're like, ah, I'm hungry, I'm going to eat. Now, what sense does that make? You don't want to take the pills because you're hungry. How long does it take you to take pills? You put them in your mouth, you swallow, go make breakfast. Is it that hard? But no, you'll do it after. And now maybe they might tell you before on an empty stomach because it'll give you the most potency. Or it may not act good with food. That can cause a problem. And that's why you're taking it at night before you go to bed. No eating. You're just taking it. But you know better. So now you're getting sick from it. Or it's not doing anything. And you're still having pain. And now again, you're blaming the doctor. But you didn't do what you were supposed to do. You didn't take it before breakfast. You didn't take it late at night. You took ah, I want to go to bed. You know, I don't want to forget about it. So I'll take it at 8 o'clock at night. And then you'll snack and you'll eat and what have you. And again, you have the same problem. It's not effective. You're in pain all night. It's a mess, but you're going to blame the doctor. It's you that didn't do it. Again, you're the one who's responsible for your health, not the doctor. The doctor can only suggest, can only give you the, the tools to work with. It's up to you to use them. And if you don't, you have nobody to blame but yourself. Now, here's one more thing. You're going for surgery, and you get the pre-surgical instructions. And the first thing that says is, the day before the surgery, you can't eat anything after midnight. Well, midnight comes and you're, oh, I'm so thirsty. Well, they tell you you can take some ice chips if that's the case. But no, not you. I'm going to have a glass of soda. You know what? I'm hungry. It's not going to hurt if I sneak a couple of cookies. Next thing you know, you've eaten a row of Oreos. And then you're going to go to bed. Now you wake up in the morning. They tell you you can use water to brush your teeth. But that's about it. And you're like, oh, I'm thirsty first thing in the morning. So you put on a cup of coffee. Do you know what you're doing wrong here? Do you know what the, can happen with that? You turn around, do all of this, and you go in for surgery. And the doctor will say to you, you haven't drank anything or you haven't eaten anything, right? And you're like, nope, nope, because you are you don't want to get caught. You don't want to be in trouble, so to speak. So you tell them, no, I didn't eat anything. I stopped eating before midnight last night, and I haven't eaten anything or drinking anything since. Who are you lying to? All right, you're lying to the doctor, but who are you really lying to? You're lying to yourself. Now, you go in, and the anesthesiologist tells you, you know, count backwards from 100. Next thing you know, you're in la-la land. But while the doctors are working on you, the anesthesia goes whack because you've eaten. And now you're going to throw up. Do you know you could aspirate? You could die from that. You could die from eating before surgery. That vomit can can suffocate you. It can go into your lungs. But you had to have a glass of soda. And you had to eat Oreo cookies. And you had to have a cup of coffee. I've had a number of surgeries. Too many. And I'm scared with each one, to be honest. I've never taken any one of them for granted. And that includes a heart catheterization, arthroscopic surgery in my knee. I've never taken any one of them for granted because they're cutting a hole in you, no matter how small the hole, and they're doing something on the inside of you. Now, doesn't it make sense to follow the directions? Why wouldn't you? There's got to be a reason they're telling you that. They're not telling you that because, well, this guy's fat. Let's, uh... Let's cut down some weight before the surgery. It's not going to do a damn thing for you that way. They're telling you because there's a reason. Now, if you want to know the reason, you could ask the doctor. Ask him, why can't I eat after midnight tomorrow night? Or why can't I drink something in the morning? 
And he's going to tell you. It's the same thing. You go for a colonoscopy. If you've ever had a colonoscopy, you know what you got to go through the night before. And you got to clean out your whole system. And they tell you not to eat anything or drink anything before the procedure. But you get the bright idea. Well, you know, it's not going to affect anything if I have a cup of coffee. It does. And it can end up costing you your life. I don't understand why people don't think about this. Why does a person think that they're Superman? That they can defeat anything? Those rules are for everybody else. No, they're for you. And they're there for a reason. And if you don't follow it, you're putting your life in your own hands. You can't blame the doctor after that because you ate it. You drank it. Doctor didn't force feed you. Didn't even spoon feed you. Didn't give you a Coke with a straw. He told you not to do it and you did it anyway. If you don't care about yourself, care about your loved ones, care about your family, care about your kids, care about somebody but yourself. All right, I think we'll move on here. This I don't understand for the life of me. People go to the doctor and they lie. They absolutely lie. Uh, You get the one guy that's on disability and he doesn't want to get off disability for whatever reason that is. And he goes to the doctor and he lies. This guy will go to the doctor. The doctor will say, how do you feel? Oh, Doc, listen, I I feel like I'm going to die. I just went out and I put a deposit on a coffin and I put a deposit on a cemetery plot. That's how I feel right now. I I can't go on like this. The pain is terrible. And I feel like these are my last days. So the doctor automatically sends you for tests, you know, blood tests. He sends you for an MRI. He sends you for a CAT scan. He sends you for x-rays. Lo and behold, the blood test comes back. Everything is fine. CAT scan comes back. Everything is fine. The MRI comes back. Clear as day. Your your x-rays come back. Not a problem. The doctor tells you this and you're saying, well, there's got to be something. There's got to be something. I, I can't deal with it like this. I'm, I'm going to kill myself. And the doctor looks at you and you can tell that you're actually lying, but you can't take that chance. So you got to err on the side of caution. So what the doctor might do at that point is give you non-narcotic painkiller like Tylenol and tell you to take it uh, two every 12 hours or something like that and see me in a couple of days. We'll see how you feel. Or if the doctor is worth the salt, he might say, you know what? I can't find anything wrong with you. When the pain comes, take Tylenol. Now the person's going to get upset because he can't have that report go into the Social Security Administration and he'll get mad at the doctor but you're lying to him you're lying to him then you get the other guy that goes to the doctor and he's in pain this guy's in pain and he gets in front of the doctor doctor comes in says hey how you feeling and instead of saying i'm in pain or i can't sleep or i can't walk or i can't bend over he turns around goes i'm feeling pretty good why is it because you you want to make yourself sound tough in front of the doctor you want to make it sound like you're getting better like you're doing something why lie so you're gonna, now you're going to put yourself in pain. You open yourself up to operations and procedures because there's nothing working with you. You don't have the proper medication. Why lie? Not, maybe that's the guy that wants to get off disability and wants to go back to work. But then that's dangerous too. Go back to work. It happened to me. I argued to go back to work. I went back to work. I was there two weeks. I ended up back in the hospital. I knew a fellow that was a severe diabetic, and he drank like a fish and smoked like a chimney. And when I say drank like a fish, I'm talking about a case of beer a day. And I'm not talking about this high-class beer. I'm talking about, like, uh, the No Frills brand, but a case of beer a day and three cartons of cigarettes a week. This is, this is how this guy was living. He was a 
bad diabetic. His parents, his mother, had both legs amputated because of diabetes. It runs in his family, and he's doing this. Now, the first thing they tell you as a diabetic is don't drink alcohol. Alcohol turns into sugar. That's why I laugh when these people go into a doctor or endocrinologist and they say, well, you can have one drink a day. I've been a diabetic for years. Not one doctor has ever told me you can have one drink a day. But then again, I didn't ask for it. So maybe they feel one drink a day is the lesser of all evils. But with my buddy, it didn't work. He's getting treated for the diabetes and they're giving him insulin and he's going home and he's still drinking a case of beer. He's still smoking three cartons of cigarettes. I can never figure out where he got all the money for this because he was on disability. He had fallen off a, off a building, actually. He fell three stories, did major damage to his back, and he had painkillers in him, and he was still drinking, and just a mess. He was a hot mess. Anyway, he's going to the doctor, and he stinks of alcohol because he always has a case of beer in the car. He's not afraid to drink and drive. He goes to the doctor, and the doctor says that you smell like alcohol. He says, oh, I had a beer earlier today. And she knows that that's more than a beer. And he stinks of cigarettes. I mean, just totally disgusting. And I was a smoker at the time. And I'd see him and I couldn't stand next to him because I was getting problems, having a hard time breathing around him. And his house stunk and his car stunk. Anyway, doctor tells him, look, it's too early in the day for you to be drinking a can of beer. And little did she know it, was, it wasn't a can or a bottle. He was already started. By the time he went to the doctor, he probably drank a six pack. And he had a 12 o'clock in the afternoon known appointment but she told him and she she told him three or four appointments look you smell like a beer you can't be drinking and finally he shows up and he got his a1c back and his a1c was like 10 plus and that was because of the drinking he didn't eat all that much he wasn't a big eater other than cake he, he used to tell me my two weaknesses of my beers my cake and i'm not giving them up for nothing he says and cigarettes i like smoking okay you're not giving it up well he ends up in the hospital and his pancreas shut down luckily for him they got it going again Again, and he goes to the doctor to follow up. And when he gets to the doctor's office, he thinks like a brewery again. So the doctor says to him, you know what? I'm done with you. I can't treat you because you don't want to follow what I'm telling you to do. I can't treat you. Now, I had set him up with this doctor because she was my doctor. And he calls me up and he's mad as a wet hen. He doesn't like this doctor. She's a quack. She's this. She's that. Because she told him not to drink. Unbelievable. What I'm trying to say here is the doctor knows when you're lying to them. He knows when you're blowing smoke up his butt. If you're afraid of what's going to go back to the Social Security Administration, then you might be lying about your disability, too. If you're honest, you don't have to have a good memory. So just be honest about things and be straightforward. All right. Well, we're going to take a bit of a break here, 30 second break, and we'll be back. So I'll see you on the other side. An Apple a Day is brought to you by www.famousapple.com. Famousapple.com is the home site for this podcast. There you're going to find articles about the topics we discuss. You're going to find our connections to our Facebook page. And you're even going to find connections to our private chat board. So take a minute, go over, visit www.famousapple.com. But please wait till the end of this podcast. Don't run out on me now. Let's get back to the discussion. Now, that wasn't bad, now, was it? 
30 seconds, a mere bag of shell. Well, it, what I want to talk about, we've gone over this once before. Somebody was telling me about it, and I figured, you know what? It's worth mentioning again. When family and friends come to visit you after your accident or once you're home from the hospital, when they come to visit, they don't want to hear your entire diagnosis. When they come in and say, how you feeling? You answer them saying, eh, I'm feeling about the same, or I have my good days or bad days. How you feeling is just a way of saying, hello. You got people that, they, I guess they just need the attention. They want you to be shocked at what's going on with them. You know, they'll turn around and say, oh, every time I get up, my, I'm throwing up this brown stuff, and I'm coughing up this yellow stuff, and I'm bleeding from my butt. I can't walk. I've got sores all over my body. I think I got a bed sore on my back. They don't want to hear that. I know I don't want to hear it either. Just tell them, you know, hey, I'm doing all right. Why do you need that attention? I don't think the majority of the people want that attention, but there's that handful of do. And I, I just find that disgusting. When someone says it to me, you get bleeding from the butt. Why do I want to know that? You know, <laughs> if that's the case, I feel bad for you, but I don't want to know about it. That means I'm not going to let you get in my car or sit on my furniture ever. If, you do, if that's the case, boy, go take care of it. <laughs> Don't tell other people about it. And the other thing is, don't tell them what's going to happen. You know, I, I got to go for six surgeries and they're bad surgeries. And that. I told you about the fella at the party here at the house. And he's telling us that he's going for this surgery. And the doctor told him he's going to call him an hour before the surgery. And he's supposed to make amends with everybody and get his final affairs in place. And wait a minute. Are you going for surgery or are you going for the electric chair? I mean, if some doctor told me that, well, I'm not having that surgery. <laughs> I, I'm not. I don't think you would either. And I've never heard a doctor say anything like that. Not even on TV. But this guy wanted the attention. And a lot of people, well, not a lot, but a handful of people, they want attention, good, bad, or indifferent. Me personally, I'd rather have someone say to me, hey, Jimmy, you're looking good. I, why would I want them to say, oh, poor you? I don't want anyone to say, oh, poor you, that's for sure. But there was just something to remind us. So another thing I want to talk to you about, if you have a lawsuit that you need an attorney for, whether it be just against somebody that you had a car accident with or somebody's house that you slipped and fell, or you were working and you have a third-party lawsuit, don't get your attorney from a TV commercial. They look real good. They'll, they'll tell you, I won $98 million for this guy, and I won $150 million for this one, and I get high settlements, and they're telling you all these game show prices, but I don't know where they're getting it from unless you're suing a major company. The fact is, most people don't carry that much insurance. I was in an accident many years ago while I was working, and I had a third-party lawsuit, and I won the lawsuit, but these people had less than $300,000 in insurance. My lawyer was suing for a million dollars, and I got my lawyer through a friend a recommendation, and we did win the judgment. We could have went after him for the balance, but where's the guy going to get it from? He was a working guy. He, he doesn't have a million dollars. He won't have a million dollars in this lifetime, so it wouldn't be worth the expense that I would have to pay to go after it. And speaking of expense, now, you go to an attorney, you've heard them on TV, there's no fee if we don't collect. Of course there's no fee. You took the case on contingency, so the only way you get paid is if I get paid. But 
and this is the big but, do you know that you're responsible for all the expenses with your case? That means every time he writes a letter, every time he fills out a form, every time he mails a letter, every phone call, you're getting charged for it. Now here, here's my case. I got really hurt in the accident, and I was going to give my first deposition, and I had to have my doctor there for that. I got charged $250 to have my doctor there for 10 minutes. And here's the kicker with that. The doctor doesn't come to court for one deposition. He's coming for 10, 20 depositions, and he's not going to come until he has these all set up, and the court waits for him, which I find unbelievable. But here, this is even worse. The guy that hit me, the guy that totaled out my van, he uh, doesn't speak or read a word of English. He's oriental. And I don't know how he, I said to my lawyer, I said, how did this guy get a license? And he says, well, here in New York, they give the written test in several different languages, and they gave him the test in Cantonese. I said, but all the street signs, all of the stop signs, the yield signs, speed limits, everything's written in English. If he can't read English, how is he following the law? He said, well, that's how they do it. So he needed a, an interpreter to do the deposition. Now, I'm thinking... He has to have an interpreter. This is his expense. Nope, because I'm bringing the suit against him. I have to pay for the interpreter. You've got to be kidding. But here, here again, you know what's an interpreter cost for eight hours? And this goes back then. I don't know what it costs now, but for eight hours back then, it was $1,500. My deposition only took three or four hours. Now, you'd think they'd cut it in half, you know, $750. Nope. I had to pay the $1,500 for four hours. So when you go to see your attorney, before you sign any papers, get it straight what you're going to have to pay for, whether you win or not. Because even when you win, he gets his cut, his 30% to 33% cut. All his expenses come out of your side. Whatever you get, the, those expenses come out of your side. Doesn't come out of his. That money that he gets, free and clear. You have to pay the expenses. So make sure before you sign anything with an attorney that what you're going to pay for is up front and you know going into it. I just wanted to bring that up, let you know about that. Now, I did want to let you know about two letters that I did receive. They were against my rant last week. They said that I'm the most unsympathetic person they've ever met. Now, I would read the two letters. Unfortunately, there's more curse words in it than they are regular words, clean words. So I can't read it because it wouldn't sound logical to the letter for all the beeps that I'd have to do. But I'll give you the gist of it. I ranted about the opioid crisis, junkies, and alcoholics. I said that they're not victims, like the government is trying to make it sound. They're not victims of anything. They personally decided, the opioid crisis, those people personally decided to take a pill and stick it in their mouth. They personally decided to go steal someone else's pills in the house. The junkie, he personally decided to shoot that crap in his arm. Nobody tied him down and said, yeah, you're going to try this. No, he did it himself. And the alcoholic, it was his personal choice to go out and buy a fifth of uh, bourbon and knock it down. Nobody forced them to do this. And now they say that they're victims and all the people that lead a clean life, that do the right thing, all of a sudden, we're supposed to pay for it? The insurance companies are supposed to pay for it? No wonder our insurance is going through the ceiling. No wonder people can't afford insurance in, the, in this country. The insurance companies are forced to pay for nonsense like this. 
Now here, look at this. You get the junkie. Junkie goes out. He overdoses. They call the police. Police come. They give him a shot of Narcon. Bring him to the hospital. Have him checked out. He checks out fine. They kick him out the door. He goes right back to where he was. Buys another bag and shoots up again. And we're supposed to pay for this? Where's, where's, the, where's the sense in any of that? So now what they're doing, if you watch any of these commercials, they have rehab places to send these people out in the country. There's one in particular that just burns my butt. There's a guy walking up a dirt road and he stops and he's looking out at the horses and the cows in the field. And he turns to the camera and he says, I came here and now I'm sober. I've been clean and sober for a week. And... They left me sit alone so I could sober up, and now I have counselors talking to me about my problems, and it feels so good, and yada, yada, yada. It makes me sick. So now what happens? The insurance company pays all his bills. They send him home to Brooklyn. Now he's back in his old environment. He's back with his friends. How long do you think he's going to stay sober? I give him a week. It's a waste of money, a waste of time. This is something that you decide to do. It should be your responsibility to get out of it. The same thing with now with the junkies. They tell us that there's a war on drugs in this country. They're handing out free needles to these guys so that they don't get sick. Are you, are you kidding me? We have a million people in this country that suffer from diabetes. Do you think anyone's giving them free needles or insulin? No. They have to pay through their butt for it. And if they don't have, if they don't have insurance, they got to decide what they're going to do because it's so expensive for that insulin that you have to decide whether you want to eat that month or get the medication. But they'll give the junkies free needles. And you talk about drugs, that you're fighting the war on drugs. States are making recreational use of pot, marijuana, legal. So well, where's the war? Where is the war? And then, which bothers me a lot since I was a smoker at one time, people are claiming secondhand smoke is killing them with no proof whatsoever. There's no study done on that. It's just a theory. But anyway, they're claiming that secondhand smoke is killing them and they can't stand it. So they're, they're trying to tax the tobacco companies out of business. They've made smokers criminals that they have to go to these special places to smoke. In some places, they can't even smoke in their own house. But now you can smoke pot. Now the people are walking behind someone. They're getting a, a face full of pot smoke and it smells like burnt oregano. Is that a smell you like? Is that better than tobacco? Well, tobacco, you're going to cough. Pot, you're getting a contact high and then you're going to get in your car and drive and you might kill somebody. The whole thing makes me, makes my head spin. And that's what these guys didn't like that I said this. Now, I'd like to have your opinion. You can leave a message in the message box below, the comment box, or you can write me at admin at famousapple.com, and I'll answer. I'll answer you, and I'll also read it on the podcast here, as long as, long as the it's, you know, clean words. If you want to send me another letter and say, don't put this on the podcast, but you want to call me every SOB and F-bomb under the sun, well, go for it. I have no problem with that either. All right, so thanks again for being here this week. I really appreciate it. And we'll talk again in the beginning of next week. Have a great week, my friends. Enjoy the weekend and have fun. I'll leave you with one, one last thing. Always remember, it can always be worse. Take care, my friends. Thanks for listening to An Apple a Day with Jimmy Apple, your gateway to a happy, healthy life. Join our community at www.famousapple.com. See you next time.